The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, one of the most important aspects of adult living is the journey to finding a soulmate. It's an urgent mission for so many in our world, and now, with the addition of online dating sites, we're making the mission an e-mission in many cases. So many of us think we have found Mr. or Mrs. Right, when in fact we have just found, again, the same Mr. or Ms. Wrong we found the last time we looked. Simran Singh teaches us how to take the spiritual journey to your soul's true mate. In her latest book, Your Journey to Love, Discover the Path to Your Soul's True Mate, We are going to be talking to her today about that very journey in depth. So if you're looking for your soulmate, tune in and take notes. This show is for you. Simran Singh is a love catalyst, a visionary creative, and a rebel humanitarian. Love those titles. She is a popular publisher of award-winning 1111 Magazine and 1111 Talk Radio and is also the author of Ippy Gold Award-winning Conversations with the Universe and Your Journey to Enlightenment, along with the new release, Your Journey to Love, which is what we're talking about today. In addition to TEDx, TV, and speaking nationally and internationally, and on the Rebel Road Tour, Simran initiates movement into new paradigms for humanity through vulnerability, realness, and loving expression. So we're talking to Simran today. Thank you so much for being here, Simran. Thank you, Andrea, for having me on. I always enjoy speaking with you. Yeah, we'll, we're going to have a good time today. So you you dedicated your book to Simi, which is your nickname. Why what why did you do that? Why was that important to do for this particular book? It was important on two levels. Um, it was important for me because I wrote this book about the two aspects of Simran and and the most important aspect uh, that got me to become the the Simran that I am is Simi, the the one that began. I had to also write it that way so that as individuals read this, they understood the value, the purpose, the meaning, and the richness of who they were coming from as well as who they were going to because we often want to discount who we were or because that we think that person wasn't good enough. And I wanted people to really understand and be in reverence and devotion to that part of themselves. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So in the book's invitation, you, you, you spend a little while talking about uh, why, how you wrote this book three times in the last ten years. What kept changing? I think we don't really know what love is. We never do. We take on versions of love that other people taught us, and their versions are wounded versions of who taught them. 
And so we are kind of running the race of discovering love, and we try to put it outside of us. The first time I wrote this book, it was more about trying to figure out how to do love. It was about accomplishing things or doing enough for another person. For some people, it's the words or the touch, but it was always doing. And then the second time I wrote this book, it got a little bit more into the righteousness of love, where we all of a sudden want to do everything for ourselves and bubble baths and taking ourselves to dinner and buying a new outfit or those things, even workshops and, and that kind of thing. They're, they're kind of self-centered, but it's still not really what the true uh, landscape of love is. This book went into real love, and it went into the full bandwidth of love. We want to make love fluffy all the time, and what I want people to understand is love is all of it. And when we're willing to embrace the entire bandwidth of what love is bringing us, only then can we step into real love. Yes, beautiful. So, okay, let's talk about this thing about a soulmate. What do you mean by the true soulmate experience? Well, I want people to understand that there are 100 million active singles in the world, and even people in relationship are at times in some moment in the relationship questioning, is this really the person I'm supposed to be with? We cannot ever find that person out there that is going to be perfect for us until we allow ourselves to understand that our true soulmate has been with us all along. Our soulmate is actually right under our noses, in front of us, in the mirror. In fact, it is the side of us that created every obstacle, challenge, dysfunction, mountain, valley, hill, and swamp that we have been in for the purposes of us discovering our power, our presence, our beauty, and our light. And so when we can really embrace both our shadow self and as well as our light self, what we realize is that that has been our true soulmate, that that person went through everything they did just so we could experience the expansiveness of ourselves. And in the end, that's truly what lover and beloved is. So you are your true soulmate. Now you have to discover how to truly be with that as lover and beloved. Right. So... I can just hear all the people that are out there listening right now going, yeah, I knew she was going to say that, and that's not what I wanted to hear. I want to find that I, that I can find my soulmate out there. So what do you have to say to that? You know, the interesting thing is when we really do allow ourselves to fall in love, of love, with love, and as love to the self, all of a sudden we don't need the out there. We don't need someone to fill us up. We don't need someone to fill our time. We don't need someone to give us the gifts. We don't need someone to even say the word. It doesn't mean we can't have it. It means we don't need it, need being the operative word. Because when you truly embrace all of you, and there's a path to that, then what ends up happening is you feel so complete. You feel so much at peace. You feel fulfilled. And when you come to the table like that, you cannot help but find a match. And not only that, you cannot create the same codependent issues and challenges that you have been in the past. And so if you don't want to live the relationships you've been living, if you don't want another body with a different face but the same challenges, then it's time to really look at what's going on inside of you and how you need to fall in love with that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Now you, we hear a lot of people talking about living in the now and how that practice does expand your consciousness to become more aware of your own stuff. Uh, but you talk about integrative steps in your journey to love that allow for that experience. So can you say some more about that? I can. What led me to write this book was an extreme experience of tragedy in my life. And, and tragedy can look for any of us like loss, like death, like illness, like uh, breakdown of life. And for me, it knocked me on the ground to where my legs felt as if they'd been ripped from my body. In that moment, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work. I couldn't uh, watch TV. I couldn't do anything. I, I just literally had to sit still. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got to such a place of presence that I had to really be with me. And what started to bubble up, which is what became this book, is everything that was suppressed. And that's the reason that these moments show up in our lives, to try to really get us to be with ourselves. It's the, it's the reason everything shows up in our lives. And so I decided to write this book from that place of pain so that it could be the handholder of people not wanting to dive into the pain. Because, Andre, who wants to do that? Who wants to go into their pain? I'm sure people right now are going, I don't want to feel any of that stuff. And yet we have to. And so... I began this book first by helping people understand about the fairy tale life that they're creating and then how we have to go into mindfulness and heartfulness and willfulness and truthfulness. And that gets and that is the part of the now experience that you're talking about. Yeah, this thing of pain, let's let's talk a little bit about more about that. Um, I tend to think that pain is a form of self love. It, do you agree with that, or, am I, or do you think that's too much of a reach? I, I do agree with you. I, I believe that our willingness to feel our pain and have our emotions is truly self-love. And I got to that place because when this experience happened in my life, I have read enough, done enough to know, okay, if I've created another thing in my life and this is what it looks like, this is like the, the, the sucker punch of all time, then obviously there's something here that I'm supposed to acknowledge or see. So what if I dropped into the pain? What if I leapt into that void to such a degree? Would I die? What would happen? Would I crumble? What would happen? And so I let myself become immersed in whatever my body wanted to feel. And what I discovered is it is a wellspring of life that actually begins to occur, but we must go into that place because there's so much suppressed in the cells. And I know you, as a therapist and how you help people, Andre, you see that all the time. It's, it's this unacknowledged suppression that is weighing us down, that is making people lifeless, that's making them not have any excitement in their lives or no joy. And then they wonder why these, these things are showing up in their lives, but yet they don't want to look at them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and what your questions there were, will I die, will I melt away, what, what, what's going to happen if, and the very fact that we as a society, the individuals in a society have to ask that question, it says how much, how far away we've gotten from the experience of our own emotions. Well, the thing is, if we don't allow ourselves to go there, we don't realize we're already dead. By not feeling the pain, we are slowly numbing and slowly dying because we had just 
to a certain level of pain. We settle into pain. We conform to it. And then when we justify that pain, we are justifying all the conditioning and passing it on and allowing more codependency and manipulation and withholding in our lives. But if we'll go through the threshold of pain and let ourselves really feel it and understand that it's all just experience, grief, pain, anger, all of these emotions are simply experience. It's our judgment of them that is the problem. But if we feel them, they actually wash right through and you do feel lighter. But we must be willing to dive into that deep chasm that we each have within ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I remember a time when I became very uh, clear about the fact that we adapt to our pain rather than having the pain sort of be something that goes through us. Like you just said, uh, it's when I had, I ended up having some knee surgery, but before the surgery, I, I was in a limping kind of thing going on, and I realized that my body was just conforming, obeying, in fact, the pain. And, and then when I went to physical therapy, they taught me that I was being habituated to the pain and that I needed to do something different. So that whole thing is, it, it can be physical, emotional, mental, any kind of way that we that we really do uh, fold into the pain and, and let it sort of encompass our lives rather than feeling it. Well, that's the perfect metaphor. And the reason that we don't even realize we're adjusting to the pain is because it began so early, even as early as, as when we were infants, when we were being told fairy tales or when we were being reared with our different sacred texts. We imprint those stories. We model those stories in our lives over and over and over again. And so, of course, love is going to look like, um, you know, the, the sorceress and the, the evil witch and the, you know, deception and the harrowing passage that we have to go before you meet that prince or Prince Charming. The problem is we get so stuck in the middle of the story that we never get to the end because we don't realize we're in that story. That's right. Absolutely. So, okay, you talk about the difference between attention and intention on the path to your soulmate, true soulmate. So what, what do you mean by that? In the book, I bring up several points that are distinctions that I think sometimes the inspiration, motivation industry has um, led us a little astray. And one of those things is intention. Intention is a very powerful tool, but it has turned into a tool of the future where every time we set an intention, it's because we want something that is 10 steps ahead of us rather than the intention of where we are. For us to truly be alive, for us to truly evolve, we must be present in the now. And what that means is attention. And when we have attention, we understand what we're feeling. We understand what our body is sensing or the twinges that are coming in. We also are able to place attention in where the mind is in that moment rather than living in the future or living in the past. So how do we use intention? We allow ourselves to be more in the moment and the intentions that are set are based on that moment, what needs to be accomplished in that moment to unfold that will automatically naturally and organically lead us in the direction of our divine unfolding. So we don't need to play into the future. And by us setting that intention, we then bring more attention to our being, being in our body rather than always outside in the world because there really is nothing out there. 
we are the only one here. So we basically intend to attend. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Okay, so you talk also about uh, people seeing us as shattered and also as powerful. Can we do that at the same time? Can we be both? We are that at the same time. You know, people are constantly aspiring to be their higher self or their light or to tap into that as if they are not that. And the very fact is, is that highest self of yours has always been inside of you and with you and around you. It is the barricade that you have placed upon your own hearts by not feeling the emotions and the experiences that you've had that, that block you from fully knowing that truth. And so then we experience ourselves as sometimes broken or wounded or shattered or weak. And what we can do for ourselves and especially what we can do for other people that we see experiencing pain is have humanity for what they are experiencing but see them for the truth that they are because we are all divine essence. We are all God's walking. And we all have the capability of healing any ill that is in our life, whether it's physical, energetic, emotional, spiritual, mental, whatever the experience is, that individual does have what it takes. By us holding them in their highest space, we support that in their awareness. And in the process, we're also supporting something you talked about in the very beginning of the show, which is that sort of dance between the two sides of who we are. Is that correct? Yes, ultimately we are here to marry the two sides. That is the sacred marriage. And so when we're willing to see that shadow slash broken aspect and that higher self slash godlike aspect, then we can actually start to bring them together and we can understand and have compassion for the one that had to experience the family of origin or the cultural aspects or uh, whatever experiences that they underwent, and we can then truly love and fall in, in love with all that they experienced. This book is about saving humanity, not the worldwide humanity like everyone wants to place that word on. Your journey to love is about you embracing and saving your own humanity. We've gotten too numb that we don't even feel, and if we can't feel our own pain, if we can't recognize our own tragedy and hopelessness, then how in the world are we supposed to recognize that in anyone else outside, much less have empathy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, we've got a good start on this very important and uh, really profound discussion. So you want to come back for the rest of it. We're going to be back in just a few minutes with more from Simran Singh. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you just getting started on the path to metaphysical healing of yourself? Would you like to have some fun as you find out more? Join Julia Stubbe each week as she guides you through the Energetic Toy Box. This show will gift you the basic foundation and tools as you discover your spiritual path on a deeper level, encouraging the exploration of many facets and concepts such as chakras, healing, meditation, crystals, and more, so that you can use these in your daily life. The Energetic Toy Box is here for you every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. 
Inside Out is the voice of the inner revolution. Join host Beth Green and co-host James Maynard for a weekly program empowering humanity to change. We heal traumas getting in our way, see ourselves more clearly, overthrow stale and destructive personal and social traditions, explore a new liberating spirituality, meet guests who are challenging old ways, and join up with others who are changing themselves and our world. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And this is Andrea Matthews, and this is the Authentic Living Show, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a Ph.D., a Doctor of Ministry, or in the Holistic Theology program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, Counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. That's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And today we are talking to Simran Singh about her book, Your Journey to Love, Discover Your Path to Your Soul's True Mate. 
Um, we've spent a lot of time in our country talking about, particularly in the West, more so than anywhere else, uh, talking about how we can go about uh, connecting to a soulmate. And a lot of it has to do with attracting a soulmate by that intention that you spoke of earlier, Simran. And uh, But today we're talking about taking a different path, a more circuitous path through your inner nature and marrying your shadow to your light so that you will then, you know, not need someone else but can also find someone else. So we want to talk just a little bit more about the shadow and the mind chatter. So you've talked about express dialogues of the heart, shadow-like and mind chatter. Samron, what do you mean by that? There are different levels upon which we suppress ourselves. And I think one of the most difficult things for people who try to meditate is the mind chatter. And that mind chatter is happening whether you're trying to meditate or not. It's going on and it's kind of directing us. It's kind of uh, telling us our own beliefs about things, whether we are conscious of that chatter or not. And as I divided the book up, what I wanted people to experience uh, was was a true walk with me as I went back into the depths of myself so that they could do the same. We have to be willing to hear what it is that we're really believing. And the only way to do that is to stop and get still enough to allow ourselves to really hear what beliefs bubble up so that we understand what we are creating in our life. And so I did that by sections called heartfulness. And that heartfulness is meant to touch the places of pain. It's meant to open the heart. That's the reason that we are meant to break open is because we have created a, an encasement around ourselves that is smaller than what spirit is willing to be. We are bigger than our bodies, and allowing ourselves to hear that dialogue opens that up. The, the mind chatter has to be replaced, but it can only be replaced once space is made empty. And so I challenge people often that if you really want to see what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your body is sensing, get in bed for two weeks and do not move. And do not do anything. Do not journal. Do not read. Do not put on a TV or a radio. Just lay there. And you will see what starts to bubble up. You will hear your own thoughts. You will feel the discomfort in your body. You will know the emotions that start to rise. And again, I know that sounds like it would be something that no one wants to do. And if you're willing to love yourself enough to do it, you will find not only will you start to discover your true purpose, you'll start to discover what really brings you peace, what you really want out of your life, all of the things that you have in your life that you really find burdensome that you keep carrying along. There's so much that comes out, Andrea, when we give ourselves space and time to be with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for those out there who will say, well, now I've got a job and I've got kids to raise and I have to feed everybody, so I can't take off two weeks and just lay in the bed. What, what Are there ways that you can implement this on a slower daily kind of way? There is a way to implement it on a slower daily kind of way, and you know, meditation is one technique that definitely does still you. A lot of people will say, "Well, I don't have the time," or they won't make the time, or they they will say, "I can't get past you know wanting something to happen or whatever expectations." So, one of the easiest things you can do is take a walk. Will you just take a walk every single day with no other distraction, and be as present as possible 
to the environment around you. Feel your body completely as part of the environment around you. And just watch where your head goes, and every time it goes somewhere, bring yourself back. A second way is just to simply stop several times a day and let yourself bring your energy back into your body. One of the things people don't realize is most of your energy actually exists outside of you because you're in your cell phone, you're in your television, you're in other people's relationships, you're driving your car, you're 10 months ahead on your calendar. Our energy is never actually in our body unless we consciously pull it back into our body. So if you were to close your eyes and breathe and say, I now bring my energy back into my feet, I now bring my energy back into my calves, I now bring my energy back into my knees, and go up your body completely through that, you will all of a sudden start to sense your body in a way that you have not before. This is about presence. It's about being in the now and truly embodying yourself rather than living outside of yourself. Yes. And that body aspect is so very important. It's been negated for so many centuries and called sinful and evil and all kinds of stuff. But but we are really beginning to understand that the body is a very important aspect of the soul. Well, I think even in the spiritual uh, realm uh, an inspirational realm for people there's so many that keep aspiring to you know go into the heavens or or you know quantum jump or you know be somewhere else other than here and that is very possible for a lot of people but if you're not grounded in your body you're just taking a little step across the street you really haven't gotten anywhere you think you have but you really haven't if you are anchored in your body, rooted and grounded, then you actually find the doorway that is to the universe. Yes. And that's, that's where you're going to know the self. That's where you're going to know the expansiveness of you. And that's where you're going to be able to truly embrace and see all of the beauty that the shadow was. Every misstep and mistake that the shadow took was on behalf of bringing you back into your heart and life will continue to bring you challenge and obstacle to try to slow you down unless you consciously choose to slow down yourself. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So let's talk about one of those things that we are definitely going to encounter having come from our, our various families and cultures once we sort of, sort of arrive at the doorstep of, of the inner terrain it, shame. We're all going to encounter shame. So you've talked about embracing shame. What do you mean by that and why is that important? Shame is the biggest disease on the planet. We have our secrets and our lies and our skeletons in the closet that we want no one to know about. But those are the very things that we give ourselves the whips and the lashes with. But yet shame gives rise to our humanness. It allows both ends of the expression to occur because it lets us be limited, yet it also lets us be limited. And, and then we find that middle ground where we say, I'll accept myself as being human. But we can't do that unless we're willing to face that shame. Now, some people say, well, I don't want anyone to know my shame. I don't even want to know my shame. But if you're trying to get rid of your shame, then what you really are is shameless. And that's even more shame. And so what we are here to do is embrace the shame and then all of a sudden by embracing it and becoming 
loving to that, we actually have a greater knowing of ourselves. We tap into our humanness, and in that humanness is the rest of our divinity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, shame is one of those things that comes as a result of judgment. So you also talk about releasing judgment, and you say that we are experience experiencing itself. So talk some more about that, those two, the judgment and how we are experience experiencing itself. Everything that I've ever written in any one of my books has come purely from literal experience. And so as I moved through life, what I discovered were all of the judgments that I had about emotion. And early on, I started to realize emotion is just emotion. It's not to be judged. It is experience, experiencing itself. It is what a child does naturally before we quash that. And so if we allow ourselves to feel without the judgment, then all of a sudden we are freer. We are more alive. It is the judgment itself, seeing things as right or wrong or different or inappropriate, that actually creates the imprisonment that we hold. So if you can get rid of being judgmental, then you also alleviate having guilt because there's an inner mechanism that makes us feel guilty when we judge ourselves or when we judge others. And so that release of judgment feeds the freedom, which also allows us to have more creative expression in the end because we've released energy and open space within ourselves to let in more light. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so when we talk about judgment, we're not necessarily saying that all judgment has to be suspended. I mean, ultimately that does happen, but when we, you know, it's just the same thing you said about shame a minute ago. The more we try to get rid of shame, the more shameless we become, which creates more shame. The same is true of judgment. Would you agree with that? I would, because judgment is something that we've been taught. It's conditioning. You know, mm-hmm. we would... If you take emotions, we tell our children to be happy. We tell them to stop crying. We tell them things like that because those parents told them things like that. But if we had been raised where our tears were as celebrated as our laughter, do you really think we'd have any problem with suppressing emotion? Be free-flowing and everything just like children naturally do in their early ages. And so... Judgment really is a conditioned response, and that's part of that mindfulness, heartfulness piece is the more we stop and get centered within ourselves and really see our own pain, we see that we've bought into beliefs. Uh, You could even say we've been brainwashed by those us and those before them into certain things that are really not the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of that truth of who we are, this thing about personal truth, finding that absolute pers- personal truth, how does how does that level of personal truth support or either inhibit one's experience and and allowing of purpose and passion and love and and all that we have in life? What, how does that work? We we have grown into a society, particularly in the Western world, where it is all about attainment. It's about the the houses and the cars and the jewelry and the seven-figure incomes and, you know, the trips that we're going to take and, and how we're going to uh, uh, en- encompass enough to reach to retirement and all of those things. And, again, that's all future-based and it's all conditioned. It's where we're being told we are supposed to go, but these are false idols. 
if you're really wanting to find your purpose, you're going to discover that all of us, what we really want is connection. We all want to just be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And yet, the very one that we're not seeing, hearing, and acknowledging is ourselves because we're running so fast to try to get all these things outside. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the things outside. What I'm saying is, do you even know your agenda or your motive behind what you're doing? When I stopped, because I was one of those people that was driven, I had a million projects going on at the same time. And in that moment of heartbreak, everything stopped. And none of it mattered anymore. And I started to also realize that there was very little that I actually needed. And when I released those things, all of a sudden what I really desired, more of a true purpose, actually bubbled up. In my case, it wasn't too far from where I was, but there were so many aspects of myself that I had not embraced that were begging and crying out to be felt creative sides that painted or played music or did different things like that. Again, we've numbed ourselves by not listening to the heart. We're paying attention to the head and oftentimes to the mouths of other people rather than really listening to what the heart wants. And if we stop long enough to recognize what we are doing out of agenda rather than out of pure inspiration from within us, we would see that they would be two different lives entirely. Right. So when we got when we talk about personal truth, we're we're talking about a deep spiritual exploration, which means that, as we said just a little while ago, we're going to discover some things about ourselves that we're not really proud of sometimes. So how would you recommend a person be able to really truly look at and 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 be with that? thing that perhaps they've done in the past or maybe they're even doing it in the present that it is ineffective and perhaps they could even judge as immoral or unethical in some kind of way without shame or, or without the judgment. It, it is a path and that is why it has to be approached from all levels of the body. And as, as one goes through the book, Your Journey to Love, what they discover is initially you're going to feel those places of whether it's shame or guilt or denial or deception as you move through the heartfulness sections because we all feel like uh, we've been insecure or we're not enough or we're not smart enough or good enough or pretty enough or we're not reaching where we're supposed to be or the time's running out, but we don't verbalize those things to others, much less ourselves. And so those heart sections really approach that so that your heart opens in a way to even hear that from yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the mindfulness sections allow you to really take where your beliefs might be and let you see the bigger picture. Have you opened to an understanding of both the human aspect and the divine aspect of you and how it approaches those various things you're experiencing? And then there's a very blunt truthfulness section where you're asked several questions to really help you get to the truth of yourself. Because unless we're willing to be radically honest with ourselves, nothing is going to change. And for us to truly embody the power that each one of us possesses as God's walking, we have to be willing to be honest. And then the last step that I have in each chapter is the willfulness, which is some small step that you can take in a way to love yourself more deeply, to embrace and embody both aspects at the same time so that as they walk down this aisle, they get closer and closer together. 
And by the end of it, you discover the Trinity. You discover the, the masculine, the feminine, and the child aspect of you. And it does come full circle, but it is, it is time and the space and beingness uh, with yourself in this way that are going to accomplish that. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to take a break now, and we're going to be back with more from Simran Singh. Don't miss it. There's a lot of really juicy stuff left to come. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality, live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Are you ready to shift into higher consciousness? Are you ready for contact with beings from higher dimensions? Ancient and new spiritual technologies will help you take that evolutionary step. Find out more about this powerful shift when you tune in to Conscious Evolution Radio with Ann Gelsheimer. Let's help humanity evolve, bringing in the best possibilities and ideas that our world needs right now. Conscious Evolution Radio can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, we just have a few more minutes with Simran Singh to, uh, talking about her book, Your Journey to Love, Discover the Path to Your Soul's True Mate, and we want to make the most of that. I wish we could talk for 24 hours or so, but uh, <laughs> but we can't do that. So uh, first I want to ask you, Simran, if you wouldn't mind um, telling the listening audience how they might connect with you or things that you would like to share with them. I appreciate that. Uh, I can be 
reached at com. That's I-A-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com. And uh, everything that I do is on that website. So if you are wanting to find your way there, you will see everything that I do. My three books are Conversations with the Universe, Your Journey to Enlightenment, and Your Journey to Love. And they are the places where we all meet. So I invite you to explore them. I think one thing that I'd like to share very quickly is that there is such a beauty in being ordinary. We have really over-glamorized and marketed everything from fashion to spirituality. We've bought into the idea of celebrity or being special or unique. And all of that is an illusion because there's nothing to achieve. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. We're not here to ascend. We are here to be real with one another. We are already ascension. We're here to love each other. We're here to celebrate every single human being, regardless of the stance or the standing. The most important step for humanity right now is empathy. Can you place yourself in the other person's shoes, in their heart, mind, or life, without taking it on, but understanding with pure compassion and reverence for whatever they're walking through in this moment? Can you stand and say, I see you, I know you, I love you, Because when we're able to see the homeless person, the derelict, the criminal, the prostitute, the abused, the orphan, the old, the hungry, and the sick as equally divine, we will know we have truly seen our complete self. This is the full embrace of oneness. This is real ascension for the mind, the heart, the spirit, and the soul. This is your journey to love. That will occur when you find your true soulmate within yourself. Because when you can find those aspects of yourself, you will truly be able to be in and of the world. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, okay, just kind of building on what you just said, that whole process of, I love what you said about we don't have to ascend, there's nothing we have to do here. But we hear a lot about the process of letting go, how people are supposed to let go of this or let go of that. and 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 it and you know it sounds really good, but it's you know, kind of hard to do. A lot of people will say, "Well, how? How do I do that? How do you let go of something?" So, can you talk to us a little bit about that process of letting go? I'm going to be really blunt with everyone. You're living too small. You're thinking too small. Your letting go of what you think you're needing to let go of is way smaller than what you are. That is just your identity. Mm-hmm. What we're really here to let go of is the identity. You know, a lot of us think, I don't want to let go of this relationship, or I don't want to let go of this house, or I don't want to let go of these things, or I don't want to let go of my anger. All of that is wrapped around the identity you see yourself as. And so if you can imagine a straw, and you're looking through a straw, through a vast horizon that's beautiful, you're going to see a tiny speck of that amazing horizon. That's your identity. But if you took away the straw you would see the entire landscape, the amazing ocean, the sunset, everything in the whole picture. That's the truth of who you are. And so if we can get out of our identity, if we can let go and say, you know what, in this relationship right now with this conflict that's going on, if I were not me and I were bigger, if I were the bigger scope of this, would this really matter? Or the money issue or the house issue or whatever is going on, It's your clinging to the identity that is creating every other issue in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to say 
Preach it, sister. Because <laughs> that is exactly I'm the queen of letting go of identities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really can't. I mean, that's what this show is all about, is that we have to be able to to let go of the identity in order to find out who we are. And in the process, I mean, I think it's a kind of a mix where we, we have to begin the process of holding on to the authentic self before we're willing to let go of the identity. But, yeah, it's absolutely one of those things that, we, we discover that is not who we really are, and as time goes by, we begin to slowly let that go. So you talk well, about us just, all. Go ahead. It, it's just time that we started to realize that if we are, uh, if everyone wants to be bigger, I, I have a section in the book where I talk about two, a two-faced intention that we all carry. And we all carry this from the time that we're born, but we don't realize necessarily that we're carrying it. And one of the intentions is, I want to be so special and unique that I'm not like any other person on the planet. (laughs) We all have that. Mm -hmm. The other intention is, I want to be just like everybody else so that I can be loved. Now, those are two completely opposite intentions. And so then we question why we create chaos. It's because we are the ping ping pong ball bouncing between those two paddles. So we have to let go of both of those things and just allow ourselves to be the entire game. Yeah, and that that is all about what you said about being ordinary, to just let ourselves be who we are instead of expecting us to be this expansive person, this idol that we have imagined for ourselves. Yeah. So you also said, uh, you say in the book that we're all mad scientists, and I love that. Tell, tell us about that. <laughs> mad scientists love to create stuff, and isn't that exactly what we do? We create our realities. We create our thoughts. We create our reactions. And every time we do, it is an experiment. Every time we take an action or a reaction or we add another thought to something, we are literally conducting an experiment that could either explode or develop into something powerful. And so it is very important for us to be very conscious of, you know, how crazy we want to be as these mad scientists. And there's really nothing more insane than than some of, of what we buy into or what we allow to continue in our own lives. By not claiming our inherent divinity, we stay caught up in that chaos of the the drama and the mix of thoughts and actions and beliefs. And so once we are willing to say, I have been a mad scientist, even that we can let go of. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we've already touched on this with this what you've said about the identity, but I want to really get clear on what you mean by mystical divorce. You said only through mystical divorce can you marry yourself? When people think about divorce, they think about separation. They think about two people going separate ways to end a conflict or codependency. Mystical divorce is really the opposite. It's about bringing it all together by absorbing everything that is separate in conflict or codependent and absorbing it within yourself. And the responses come through love. And so as you look at your shadow self, and as you look at, at your divine self, because it ends up being a trinity that takes place, if you look at the three aspects, you actually are bringing them together so that there is no space between and it all is absorbed into the void to become one and to become light again unified. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Carl Jung talks about that as well. I'm sure you know that, that he talks about um, the, uh, a sacred marriage and, and about what it is to do that. And, and one of the things he says is that uh, we, are, we are, there is a trinity, but in order for the trinity to be whole, there has to be a quaternity, which means you add the fourth. So he's, he, just, he used the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You used the, the, uh, the, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, the divine child. But that what has to be brought together or integrated into that is the shadow. And that's exactly what you're talking about there is that. So when we talk about letting go of the identity, you're not talking about saying, I won't be my identity anymore. You're talking about integrating and loving it as well. Is that true? Most definitely. We kind of have gotten the idea or have, or some of some of the the different spiritual practices talk about you know burning away an aspect or 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 getting rid of it or or, or letting go or um, you know putting an end to something and we're not we're not here to kill off ourselves we're not here to to allow aspects to die in that manner it is a, it is through the absorption and I, I put in the book a chart of the Trinity but it's actually thirteen levels from the highest God-self aspect to the most human aspect. And we go through each of those levels as we are slowly uh, letting go of identities and embracing more of the allness of the divinity. And so I appreciate what you said, you know, about the the four, because it, it ends up being a unification of everything coming together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now there was uh, one of these paradoxes that you have so uh, beautifully done in your book, Woven Into Place, which I want to say to the listening audience, this book is not only a book of uh, many, many exercises that you can do, and exercise does, it does not do these, uh, these things that you would do justice, but uh, many, many things that you can do to open yourself up uh, and tell yourself your own truth. But also, it's written in a very poetic way that just rings true to your heart. So I really would encourage you to read every word of it. Um, and so, so one of the paradoxes that you find in there is that you say that why is the greatest answer of all time. What, what do you mean by that? I think that why is the continual answer for expansion. It's that childlike approach to life. I have a four-year-old. And he's constantly asking why. And it's because there is wonder there. There's an expansiveness there. There's an ability to dream. There's an ability to imagine. And when we grow into adults, what has happened is that has been taken away. We have been made more limited. We confine our thoughts and our ideas to something smaller. As we move into more fifth-dimensional reality, we have to be willing to expand that imagination to change the neural net. And the only way we're going to change any neural nets is if we continually ask the question why. To question everything. Mm-hmm. Not to dispute it, but to know more of what's out there. And when we ask that question why, what we're really doing is saying, I'm continuing to be open to more of myself. Yeah, that's so beautiful. But I think that whole idea of questioning is one of those things that in, in the old uh, traditional mindset, it's, okay, we've already told you the truth, so don't ask anything else about it. And I, remembered, <laughs> I remember that well, I took a course in college, a German course when I was in college, and, and I was always asking the professor, why do we have to do it that way? Why does the language do that? It doesn't make sense that over here we do this and over here. 
and he would just say, Andrea, Andrea, why is not the question. We do not ask why, we just do. <laughs> and, <laughs> so he was, you know, I mean, just saying, deal with it, you know. Uh, but isn't it, that how we get conditioned? <laughs> yes, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And, and so many people in their suffering in particular, and we just have like just a few seconds left to go, just a, few, a minute to go, but... Uh, so many times in our suffering, we say to ourselves, don't say why, don't ask why, you can't ask that question. And yet, you, like you said, it expands everything. It lets okay. us step into the bigger spaces. Absolutely. And so why is definitely always the answer. Absolutely, Simran. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a wonderful conversation. I am absolutely certain that our listeners have benefited from it. So I really appreciate you being here pleasure and I, I truly appreciate the space to have conversation with you again oh you're so welcome and, and I look forward to doing it again in the future alright so we're going to be back again next week uh, we're going to uh, we're going to be talking again to Martin Nepo so if you missed that then you want to be back for that uh, next Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific and 4 o'clock Eastern and remember your job should you choose to accept it is to give birth to yourself Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.